Hallelujah. God's good. Amen. We're going to go to the book of Genesis. Hallelujah. The book of Genesis in chapter 12, please. We have, uh, over the uh, last several weeks, have been talking about some of the different patriarchs of faith. Uh, it it kind of started off just, you know, something kind of stirring in my heart, but then I kind of just started recognizing that uh, we're seeing it more and more now out there that uh, most people have no clue about some of these patriarchs of faith. Sometimes we make mention of it and somebody, you know, says, well, amen, praise the Lord, but then not having an understanding of really what went down. So I felt in my heart I was going to take a little time and, you know, just for some of our patriarchs of faith, we talked about David one week, and we're not by any means um, uh, exhausting, you know, any, you know, anything we're bringing out about people. We're just touching on some of the main things that we've, we've heard about and taught over the years, and we want to just kind of bring those out so everybody kind of understands how it works. So we talked about David. We talked about Gideon. Uh, last week, talked about Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Praise God. Today, we're going to talk about Abraham, Father Abraham. Amen. The Scripture says that uh, he's the father of our faith. Amen. The Word says we're, we're called to follow in the steps of the faith of Father Abraham. So today we're going to take a look at some of the steps, amen, and follow in those steps, hopefully. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah. Hallelujah. Now, he's a, the Word says He's the Father of all those who believe. Any believers in the house? Yeah. Amen. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons said, Father Abraham, I am one of them, and so are you. All right. Praise the Lord. You know, I always get amazed at how many kids probably singing that song and don't have a clue who Abraham is. Who's this guy? I don't know. Just sing it. Yeah, come on. So anyway, he's a, he's a father of our uh, faith, the Word says. Amen. He's the father of those who believe. Amen. As we've brought out every week, uh, 1 Corinthians 10 brings out that all of these are written for our admonition and instruction. Amen. And uh, they become like types and shadows, the Scripture says to us. Amen. In other words, pictures and uh, glimpses of things, examples to us, praise God. And so that's why we're, we're going, taking the time to go through this. So uh, we're going to talk about Abraham today. Verse 1, chapter 12 says this now. Everybody say now. So obviously well, there's something that happened prior to this and a little bit of the genealogy that happened. Um, so uh, Abraham and his father and uh, a, a brother and some of their families. Actually, there was a couple of brothers, but one of the brothers had died. And uh, uh, so then part of his uh, lineage, the brother that died's lineage was also with him. They all ended up in Haran uh, there, and they were there for a little while. I'm not sure how long they were actually in that place. But then Abraham gets a word from God. Okay, so here we are. So now the Lord said to Abram. Everybody said, the Lord said. How I many know that's key? Amen. If we're going to be, if we're gonna be uh, a people that follow in the footsteps or the steps of Father Abraham, amen, that we're going to have to be a people that, you know, take the time to hear from heaven. So you get the right steps. Can I hear a big amen? amen. All right. So the, the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. In other words, get out from and go somewhere else. Come on. So that's the instruction he's got here. So from his, the country that he's in, his family, I think Acts 7 even says relatives. Just thought I'd say that because sometimes that's the case, amen? Now, we're not saying everybody has to leave their family or their relatives in that sense, but, 
but some, you better be ready to follow God, amen? And from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. Now, you know, she's talking to Abram here. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name get great. In other words, I will empower you. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Now, that word blessing means to prevent misfortune in the lives of others. So, in other words, just like Trudy even talked about today in offering time, the idea is to bring increase into your life. The idea is to be blessed so you can be a blessing. The idea is you're the difference maker. Look at your neighbor and say, yeah, you too. We're called to be the difference makers. Amen. So he's telling him, listen, I, I need you to leave where you're at to go where I tell you to go so I can empower you so that you can turn around and empower others. Amen. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, I went ahead and looked up the word curse here because sometimes people wonder about that. Uh, but it's, it's just a word that means to uh, execrate it means, or to separate from. The first word there and the second word there means uh, uh, to dispose or dishonor. So, in other words, I will uh, basically be separated from the blessing if they're going to sit and dishonor him. So, it pays to not be dishonorable to Abraham. Amen. And all his household. Amen. Because I don't want to be separated from the blessing. Understand this. Everything separated from the blessing is automatic curse. There's two things. Blessing, curse. So if you're in the blessing, you're separated from the curse. But if you're not in the blessing, the curse comes up and slaps you over the side of the head like a big dog. Come on. just All you have to do is step out there and look at it. It's out there. Is anybody hearing me today? All right, all right. Now, you with me today? All right, so Abraham departed, verse 4, as the Lord had spoken to him. So, obviously, he did the right thing. So, his first step was to leave where he's at and start heading in a direction. That's what he started doing. And it said, but Lot went with him. Uh Uh-oh. And Abraham was 75 years old. Everybody say 75. 75. Sometimes it kind of gives the idea how old he is through the course of this thing today. uh, But his wife uh, is uh, 10 years younger than him, okay? So Abraham at this time is 75, his wife is 65. Just a young whippersnapper, right? Huh? Come on now. But it says here, he departed, so he did what was right in the sense of departing, but the problem was he brought his nephew with him. Lot is the nep- his nephew, it is uh, the son of uh, the brother that passed away. And so maybe based on, you know, feeling obligated, uh, whatever, but, uh, you know, he felt like, well, maybe I'll take you know, take Lot with me. Now, Lot isn't no little kid, okay? Lot, obviously, uh, you know, as we're going to find out here in a bit, he's got his own, his own livestock. He's got his own servants. He's got, I mean, it isn't like he's, you know, all by himself here, and he's just that little kid, you know, little five-year-old in the corner, doesn't know what to do, so let's just bring him with us. Are you with me? But he brings Lot, okay? Now, for whatever reason, you know, he did. It doesn't really tell us why he did, but it does come up more than once. Are you still with me? So he, he's, he's heading out. So Abram took Sarai, uh, his wife, which later now this is Abraham and Sarah, okay? But right, as of right now, it's Abram and Sarai, okay? His wife and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions uh, that they uh, had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, 
Uh, so in other words, they, their family's constantly growing, their, their businesses are constantly growing, their livestock's constantly growing, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Can- Canaan based on the word of the Lord, right? Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem, okay, Shechem, I think is how it's pronounced, as far as the terebinth tree of Morah, okay? Well, I guess there was a tree there. All right. And the Canaanites were then in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, uh, to your descendants, I will give this land. Now, it's a word to the, from the Lord to Abram. Are you all with me? Yeah. So he says, I'm going to empower you. I'm also going to bless you. I'm going to give you all this land. I will give you this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountains east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent and bet, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. Uh, there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. In other words, he's, that's who he's worshiping, right? He's going to worship the Lord. So Abram journeyed going on still toward the south or southward. It means southward country. It means literally it's talking about the southern district of Judah. Okay, so this is where he's all at. So this is kind of where he's hanging out, okay? All right, are you still with me? Now, you know, I know I'm doing a lot more reading through these things, but I felt like if I don't at least kind of do this, then sometimes we miss some things. Now, I'm obviously not going to read everything, but I've, I've, I just kind of purposed in my heart, I'm going to do a lot more reading through these services, amen, as we talk about our patriarchs of faith. Are you with me? It's not necessarily my strong suit, but we'll, we'll work through it. Are you still with me? All right, because I just feel like we miss some things if we don't. All right, and I really was going to skip verse 10 through 20 here, but I think it's, it's worthy of us to bring up, all right? It says, now there was a famine in the land, okay? So right off the bat, you start, you know, your head starts, okay, why do you call us here, right? If we're going here and there's famine in the land, are you with me? Mm-hmm. Well, he's really, to be honest, Abraham's there to change it. That's right. But he goes there, he's in the land, and Abraham went down to Egypt to dwell there for the famine was severe in the land. Well, no. Uh, you probably should have stayed there. But he, he goes down to Egypt anyway, thinking maybe it's better there. And it came to pass when he was close uh, to entering Egypt that he said to Sarai, his wife, I in- indeed, I know that you are a, a babe. You are a woman of beautiful countenance. Now remember, she's 65 years old. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say, this is his wife, and they will kill me, uh, but they will let you live. Please say that you are my sister, (laughs) that it may be well with you for your sake, that I may live because of you. So in other words, you know, I want to save my own neck, so I'm going to do this just in case. Are you with me? Now, the reason I thought it's worthy of reading this is because, you know, Abraham, you know, is the father of our faith because he honestly did take some great steps of faith and was an example to us. I mean, he's such a great example. He even shows us the good, the bad, and the ugly. Come on. Now, the Word says we're to follow in the steps of the faith of Abraham, not the mistakes of Abraham. Is anybody with me? Okay, it makes it real clear because Abraham made a few mistakes. And what amazed me, the reason I thought it was worthy of reading this, is because it shows you how you can have faith in one area of your life and then lack it in another. 
Am I right? Now, we've all, we all probably can relate with this. There's certain areas of your life that you kind of like, all right, man, this, this God thing in this area, you kind of got it down. You're moving forward. You're gaining ground. Amen. You're conquering. You're overcoming. You're doing what you should. And then all of a sudden, this other thing comes up, and it's like, we, we lose sight of who we are. Is anybody hearing me? When all along, amen, it's no different. This area is no different than this, this thing. Amen. It's just you got to stay locked on. Amen. Stay in faith. Stay with some trust and confidence in God. Stay assured of who your God is. Are you with me? So he gets a little bit fearful, and for his own life, he, he tells, uh, tells her to just, you know, say you're my sister and not my wife. Now, I think uh, through some of the le- you know, genealogy and all that kind of stuff, I think somehow back there she is somehow related so I've heard somebody try to, you know, explain some of that, and, but whatever. He's your, she's your wife, right? Come on. Okay, so anyway, so Abraham, uh, you know, gets a little nervous. And so it was that uh, Abraham uh, then came, uh, where are we at, 14, am I right? I came into Egypt, and then that the Egyptians saw the woman, and she was very beautiful. She was a babe. And then print, the princes of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her, uh, yeah, commended her to Pharaoh. In other words, brought her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. And he treated Abraham well for her sake. So instead of, you know, taking him out, we're going to just put a whole bunch of goods on him. Come on. Come on. Is anybody hearing me? All right. Now listen, God, God provides and God protects. Praise the Lord. Somebody say, praise the Lord. And God is merciful. Oh, hallelujah. Is anybody in agreement with that? Praise the Lord. I mean, my goodness. So anyway, uh, so he, she goes to, to Pharaoh's house, and Adam, or pardon me, Abram gets treated well with all these uh, you know, gifts and things. But verse 17, but the Lord plagued Pharaoh uh, and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. Okay, now let's just define that. The word, first word plagued here means touched. So the Lord touched Pharaoh and his household, and it says, with great, everybody say great, which means exceeding or vast amount, and that word plague there just literally means spots that look leprous. So just thought you'd get the picture. So uh, Pharaoh says, man, whoo, I want that girl in my house. So God says, I don't think so. huh? Now Abraham, uh, you know, didn't catch on yet, but, but God said, I don't think so. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Praise so somehow he touched, you know, touched the household, and somehow very quickly they you know, brought her in the house, and all of a sudden now they're, they got spots happening, manifesting all over their bodies. So I, you know, what would you think? Girl, where would you come from? And who are you? And she said, well, I'm actually that guy's wife he's thinking so he goes back says dude come here what's your problem why did you why did you say she's your sister when she's your wife now look what you did to us so he says you know get yourself out of here we don't want no part of you come on right come on now so Pharaoh called Abram and said what what is this that you've done to me and why did you uh, tell me that she was she that she why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister? I might, uh, I might have taken her 
as my wife. Now, therefore, here uh, is your wife. Take her and go your way. So Pharaoh com commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away uh, with his wife and all that he had. Okay, now, are you still with me? Look at your neighbor say, there's still hope for you. See, I thought it was worthy of reading that because, you know, sometimes we, we get it right. Praise the Lord. We kind of get that pat on the back. Hallelujah. But every now and then we do something really stupid and that spirit of stupid gets on us and we do something. And I'm just so grateful that many times God is just merciful and says, don't worry, son, you'll get it. Just keep moving forward. And really, to be honest, this is what uh, Abraham did so well is he just kept moving forward. All right. So we see first steps of obedience of trying to follow God. Amen. Even though he maybe didn't get it all the way down, but he is purposing to move forward. All right. Verse one of chapter 13. Then Abram went up. Uh, somebody's already getting nervous in here saying, how many chapters is he going to read? Hang on. Probably a dozen. All right. Then Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him uh, uh, to the south. Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and gold, and he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been, the place where his tent had been, the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, right? To the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Duh. Does anybody get this? Okay, he went back to where he started. It's a good idea. You would have skipped that whole thing in Egypt. You would have still looked good. Is anybody with me? Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, many of our problems uh, can be eliminated if we just follow God. A lot of the little issues and little things sometimes we need miracles for and breakthroughs in, things that we got to have God fix this, deal with this, turn this, change this. A lot of times it's because we're not listening, we're not following. Are you with me? Listen, no condemnation. We're just telling you, you know, you know, if you need a miracle, get it. You need a breakthrough, get it. You need a change, get it. You need mercy, get it. But the point we're trying to make is a lot of times we're, we're end up in the messes we do because we don't follow God. We get in our own hurry and we think we do what seems right. Well, what seems right will put you on a road to death, it says. Still with me? Okay. So what happens? Well, okay, well, Lot, you know, still there. So Lot, verse 5, also who went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was what? Strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of, of Lot's livestock. Canaanites and the paras parasites. <laughs> anyway, all right, they all dwelt there. Everybody's arguing. There's strife. Now, so there's going to, listen, somewhere along the line, you've got to recognize, I mean, there's certain things sometimes, and when we're talking about steps, sometimes there's what we call maybe steps of separation. You're going to see this here in a minute. And so sometimes there's things in our life that need to be, need to be changed or need to be looked at or need to be addressed or need to be cleaned up or need to be eliminated or are you getting the point? Sometimes that's the case. In this case here, we got strife. Well, strife's never a good thing. The word says we're envy and strife are confusion and every evil thing is there. So Abraham least knew, you know what, we can't have this. We got we to do whatever it takes to eliminate this mess. 
because I can't have a bunch of strife and contention here because we're not going to get down the road, you know, very far and get, you know, get things done right with, you know, we're going to have herdsmen killing each other. Are you still with me? So he knows he's going to have to make a change. Okay, so he said here, uh, verse 8, So Edward said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me and between our herdsmen and your herdsmen, uh, for we are brethren. Uh, is, is not the whole land before you separates? Now look what's happening. Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll take the left. And, of course, what's Lot going to take? Right? He lifted up his eyes and saw all the plain of the Jordan, which was the better-looking land, uh, that it was well-watered everywhere before the Lord uh, destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. That's something that comes up later. Like the garden of the Lord it was, right? The land of Egypt, like the land of Egypt, as you go toward Zor. Okay? Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they, and they separated from each other. All right? So uh, everybody they separated. Okay, sometimes there's got to be, you know, do you ever, you, ever you, you know, sometimes, you know, associations equals destination. Associations equals destination. Are you hearing me? Sometimes you got to guard your associations. Sometimes there, there has to be that too. Sometimes not just, might not just be issues or things. Sometimes it might be people. Now, now, granted, let's go back and think about this. If he wouldn't have brought Lot with him, he didn't need to bring Lot, but he did. If he wouldn't have brought Lot with him, we wouldn't have this problem. Is anybody hearing me? Okay, I'm just saying. Now, praise God. Everybody say, praise God for the mercy. mercy. Hallelujah. God is merciful. Amen. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, what happens? So, so of course, Lot leaves. Uh, Verse 12, Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities. Oh, look where he went. Into the cities of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. Okay, uh-oh. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. So what are you doing over there, Lot? Anyway, and the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated, everybody say separated, come on, separated from him, lift your eyes now and look uh, from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and, and westward. In other words, take a look here. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants. See, that never changed. That never changed with God. I don't, whatever you did with Lot, whatever, but what I said to you has never changed. I'm giving you all this land, okay? And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you, all right? All right, so everybody say a good promise. I mean, all that promise is still true today. That's the truth. Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth tree of Mamre, uh, which are in Hebron, Hebron, say that right, Hebron, anyway, and built an altar there to the Lord. All right. Now, what happens chapter 14? Well, because Lot is where he is, all of a sudden now we got issues again. And Lot gets kidnapped and the family and they'll get taken captive. And so what ends up happening is, is uh, uh, Abraham has to gather all his uh, herdsmen and everything and his servants and they go down and basically uh, get, get Lot and his family back. Okay? Everybody say praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. Amen. Now remember, if Lot wouldn't have been here, 
I'm just saying there's a lot of stuff, you know, that a lot of times we look at things and you have to understand that, you know, a lot of this, cre- this ongoing stuff, and it's not even going to be done yet. He gets Lot back, and, you know, some good comes out of it because everything, every time Abraham goes out and does anything, somehow he comes back richer. Why? Because the blessing of the Lord's on him. The favor of God's on him. Can I hear a big amen? See, no matter how it looks, I don't care if it looks like famine. When you got the blessing of God on you, amen, you rise above all that. Can I hear a big amen? amen? Are you still with me or am I boring you? All right. All right. So uh, what you see here, uh, let's see. So anyway, he gets, he gets him back. Let's, we got, let's go to chapter 15. How's that? That was fast. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Okay. So, you know. That's quite a manifestation that's happening here. And so he's speaking, again, trying to say, listen, dude, you got to figure out, you know, I'm with you. I ain't going to leave you. So hang on. Here we go. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? In other words, one of my servants and his his kids is really the only one I can really call somewhat of a family. I don't have my own kids, right? So he's looking. See, See, you know, then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. Okay, so in other words, it's not my kid. It's one of my servant's kids. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. And then he brought him outside and said, Look, and he said, Listen, if you're going to be looking at everything, if you're going to be focused, you're, if all your senses are going to be locked on to these kind of things, let's change that. So stop looking at all the negative side of everything. Let's get yourself looking up. Everybody say, Look up. Look up. Now, listen, this is part of the steps of Abram. So you're going to have to, you're going to, have to take a step here and stop being negative and look up. That's part of faith. That's what it's about. Faith moves forward. Steps of faith. This is part of it. Amen. We don't get locked on and get worried and fearful like everybody else. That's not what we do as people of God who have a good God. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, take the step, will you? Hallelujah. See, this is part of it. This is what faith's about. And if that stuff depresses you every time you listen to it or watch it, then shut it off. Well, Pastor, have you seen the price of gas? Yeah, but you know what? You're God. Amen. I'm not justifying. I'm not condoning. I'm not agreeing. I hate it as much as you do. But we can either get all worked up and upset about everything, or we can just look up, praise God, lean on God, hallelujah, and watch God provide. Watch God deliver. Watch God perform what He does, hallelujah. Let God be God. Can I hear an amen? Hallelujah. So He said, look up, boy. So now take a look. You start counting Start counting uh, the, the stars. And if you can number them, then, you know, there you go. There's, that's, that's how much your descendants. How many of your descendants? Well, of course, it's, it's way beyond anything you can count. And it said, verse 6, so he believed in the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's good. And it, accounted, it was accounted unto him for righteousness' sake, it says in, in this one's quoted in Romans. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of, of Ur, of the Chaldeans, and to give you this land to inherit. Again, here's the land. This is your land. 
And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? Okay. Well, you know, in some ways it's probably a valid question because there's all kinds of other people living in the land. So you understand why he's asking the question. Well, God says, all right, how are we going to get through this? Okay, here's what we do. Bring me a three-year-old heifer, okay, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he brought all these to, to him. Now, he under, see, now what he's doing is he's trying to give Abraham something to look at or something to attach his faith to. And what he's doing is something Abraham understands, and it's a thing called blood covenant. Okay? So he knows what God's talking about now. So he goes and gets all these, what, and then he, he, he cuts them down the middle, you know, into two halves, uh, down the middle, and place each piece opposite the other. Uh, but he, he did not cut the birds in two, okay? And then when the vultures came down, the car, he, he drove them away. Anyway, there's some things said about that. But anyway, the word of the, the, word of the Lord then had, a, or probably God had a word for him concerning something in the future. But you get down to verse 17, and it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark that behold, everybody say behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. And on the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. Now, Ezekiel chapter 8 brings kind of an understanding of God. Uh, when you look at God, if you could see the appearance of God, he appears to be a fire from the loins up and fire from the loins down. So what Abraham saw was God, in a sense, come down and walk the blood walk. So we have all this, these animals that are split in two, cut down the middle, and then, then halved and, and laid out on the ground. And you got blood everywhere. Ooh, gross. Well, he understood what this was. This is a blood covenant. Okay? So what he's saying, what God's saying is, listen, I'm going to walk the blood walk. So God walked the half, walked the bloodline, and back. Amen. Hallelujah. Basically said, all I, all I have and all I am is yours. Abraham understood that. So he's like, hmm. That sounds good, right? So, again, hallelujah, God is trying to show him, amen, that he is never going to be without. I said he is never going to be without. Your Savior. There was a blood covenant. He stood in for you and me. He was the representative of man, stood in there, and the Father and the Son Entered into a blood covenant. Are you still with me? And then he said this, all that I am and all that I have is yours. Look at your neighbor and say, sounds pretty good. And so what we're doing now is we're trying to walk the steps, amen, of the faith of Father Abraham, amen, learning every day of our life, amen, to trust God in this and trust God in that and trust God in this and trust God in that. And to not give up and to not quit and to not yield to the lies of the enemy, to let God be the one that leads us and not any other voice. Can I hear a big amen? amen? See, this is what Abraham is learning, which becomes now a type and a shadow to you and me, which becomes the father of our faith, showing us that if we will follow in those steps of faith, of the faith of Abraham, if we will follow in those steps, you too can walk 
Amen. In abundance. You too can walk in the blessing. You too can walk knowing that you've got a God that will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll never turn his back. He has always got your back. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Oh, give God praise, somebody. All right. All right. Am I boring you? All right. All right. So, we have the blood covenant. Let's go down to uh, chapter 16. Are you with me? All right. Now, Sarah, Abraham's wife, was, uh, had, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian uh, maidservant whose name was Hagar. So, Sarah said to Abram, see now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children, which is not true. She probably got tired of the boy. Listen, I don't know how old he is now. We know he's over 75. We don't know how many more years have kind of really went. We're going to find out here in just a little bit here, okay, uh, you know, through a whole scenario. He's already about 10 years later here. Come on. So this now maybe, let's say, 85-year-old man is telling the 75-year-old woman, we're going to have a baby. Excuse me. We're going to have a baby. You've been in the sun too long, Abram. She's thinking to herself, she can't bear any children. And she's probably thinking, he's too old too. He just doesn't know it yet. Come on. So she says, I tell you what, I have a maidservant. You can, you know, bring her in and bear children through her. So, where are we at? So, she said, uh, please go into my maid. Perhaps I, I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice. Everybody say, Abram heeded the voice of Sarai, which was the wrong voice to give heed to. Can anybody hear me? Now, he loves his wife, but uh, dude, you're yielding the wrong, wrong voice here. Then Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife after Abram had, dw- had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. So in other words, now we've got problems! This happens when you don't listen to the right voice! Now, we got two gals, okay, are going to go after here. We're going to have strife in the home. And all the ladies said, I'm just saying. Well, you, maybe you shouldn't have gave heed to what your wife said and should have gave heed to to God. God, you know, confirmed to him it's going to be through your own body. I guess he maybe just assumed you'd think your own wife. Anyway, just saying. So, we have a problem now. What we have is an Ishmael. Okay? Okay? Hagar has Ishmael, the son Ishmael. Okay? Now, Abram feels great because he at least has a son now. Come on. But it's not the promised son. Are you with me? So we got an issue now. All right. All right. Let's go to chapter uh, 17. All right. In fact, uh, the last verse of 16 says that Abram at this time, after the boy is born, is 86 years old. Everybody say 86. 86. 
Now, verse 1, chapter 17, when Abram was 99 years old. I'm sorry. Somebody must have tore that chapter out of my Bible. How did he go from 86 all the way to 99? 13 years. Thank you for doing the math. 13 years, we have no record of God talking to him. Now, I don't know if he did or not, but we have absolutely no record of it. Well, when you're too busy doing your own thing, God ain't going to bother you. Is anybody with me? So Abram was 99 years old, and the Lord appeared to him again, right? And, and Abram said to him, uh, and to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. In other words, I am El Shaddai. Hallelujah. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will, I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face, and, and, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name now shall be called Abraham. Okay? Now, most agree if the scholars that he, that you notice they add the H in there, basically. So, what is the, they put a piece of God in? That's really the letter of, for God, amen, of Jehovah. All right. So now, Abraham, which now means, his name now means a father of a great multitude. So, I'm changing your name. All right. And I've made you a father of many nations. And I will make you exceedingly fruitful. And I will make nations of you. And kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you. You know, she's trying to keep trying to get this across to him. Are you hearing me? Everybody say steps of faith. faith. Look at your neighbor and say, keep taking the steps. Someday you'll get it, right? I mean, come on. I mean, like I said, sometimes you kind of get something down and hallelujah. But then this other thing is like, ah, God has to keep telling me and keep telling me and keep telling me. Well, just keep moving forward. Pretty soon you get it. Amen. Don't quit. Look at your neighbor and say, don't you quit. Hallelujah. Uh, He says, in other words, uh, 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 to to you and your descendants after you in your generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also, I, I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the lands of Canaan. As an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. In other words, trying to, uh, it never changed. The land is supposed to be yours. It's never changed. It has never changed. That's why we got all kinds of issues over there. I'll leave that alone. Then God said, let's go down here to verse 15. I'm going to skip the whole uh, circumcision part. Somebody say, praise the Lord. All right. Then God said to Abram, as for Sarah, your wife, uh, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah, okay? Which again did the same thing, put the H in there, okay? Shall be her name. Now her name me- means princess. So now we have the father of a great multitude married to princess. Are you with me? All right. So um, she be- and, and, and she shall be a mother of nations, kings, of people shall be from her. Then Abram fell on his face and laughed. Everybody say he laughed. And he said in his heart, now he's excited, right? Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? 
And Abram said to God, oh, that Ishmael might uh, live uh, before. In other words, he's trying to say, listen, I, remember, I got a son now. Just work through, you know, he, see, he's still trying to get it himself. You, you just, just work through Ishmael. Come on. And this is what a lot of times what happens with children of God. We, we, we have our own thing. We do our own thing. And then we say, God bless it. I know I screwed up. I didn't do it all right, but bless it anyway. Now, praise God for the times he's merciful. Okay, but, but listen, that ain't how we live our life. We live our life by following God. Hear, follow. Don't let the other voices lead and direct us. Come on, don't be led by fear. Don't be led by circumstance. Don't be led by how it looks. Don't be led by how it sounds. Don't be led by, you know, what somebody else has done or said or how they, you know, perceived it or whatever. Make sure you're following God. Oh, hallelujah. All right. So, listen, I only have 17 more chapters to go. Hang on. He said, oh, work through, through Ishmael. And he said, then God said this, no. <laughs> You've already. <laughs> Your wife shall bear you a son. And you shall call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, somebody say, praise God for mercy. Uh, I, I, heard, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him too, right? And will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. And he shall beget 12 princes, which he did. And I will make him a great nation, which he did. But that's why we still got problems overseas. Come on, that has never gone away. I said that has never gone away. All right. But my covenant, my covenant, I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you. At this set time next year. Okay. And he finished talking with him. And God went up from Abram. Okay. Let's, let's talk about when he comes back. Uh, chapter 18. Go to verse 9. And then they said to, uh, they said to him. Where, talking, he's talking to, to Abraham. Uh, where is Sarah your wife? Okay. So he said here in the tent. And he said I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold Sarah your wife shall have a son. Now Sarah was listening inside the tent. Right. Inside the tent door. Kind of just out of sight there, but kind of just inside the tent. She's listening to this whole conversation. All right? Everybody say she's listening. She's hearing it for herself here. Now, Abram and Sarah were old, well advanced in years, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah, here we go, laughed within herself. And that literally means to, to literally a sense of sarcasm. Okay, she's like, yeah, right. Okay, but she did it inside. But then, right... <laughs> and this is what she's saying. Inside, everybody say inside. Okay, see, within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being, being old also? And then, then the Lord said to Abram, Why did Sarah laugh? Somebody says, Well, she, she did it within. She didn't laugh out loud. King's X. You know, I'm just thinking it. Listen, listen, listen. God knows what you're thinking. God knows what you're... He knows where you're at. He knows whether you're in faith or not. He knows whether you're in doubt or not. Listen, don't, come on, right, child of God? Listen, there's no condemnation. No, we're not. Nobody's picking on anybody. It's just a fact. Know this. The Word says if, if you're going to doubt it, you're going to do without it. So he said, listen, we got to get her on board. Abraham got it. And then we had a problem. But Sarah didn't get it. 
But now she's got to get it. Come on, she's got to get it. So the, the, he, he said, why did Sarah laugh saying, shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Thank you. At the appointed time, I will return to you according uh, to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it. She acted like, oh, really, I didn't say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did not laugh, for she was afraid. But, but this, look at God. No, but you did laugh. You did do it. Okay, so just, that's it. Done. All right? So we have a whole bunch of issues that happen. Sodom and Gomorrah, some more things with, with Lot. Abraham has another issue with, you know, afraid he's going to get killed. So, he, again, his wife being a, acting like, it's just goofy. Anyway, somebody says, praise the Lord. Verse chapter 21. Hallelujah! Boy, we just scooted through a few there. And the Lord visited Sarah, and, and as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time which God had spoken to him. And Abram called the name of his son who was born to him, uh, whom Sarah bore to him. You notice they keep repeating because it it's, yep, Sarah, amen. Isaac is his name. Then Abram circumcised his son Isaac uh, when he was eight days old as God had commanded him. Now Abram was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. All right. Okay, and Sarah said, God has made me laugh, I mean, this time for good, right, or for a good thing, and all who hear will laugh with me. Uh, and uh, she also said, uh, who would have said to Abram that Sarah would nurse children, for I have borne him a son in his old age. And uh, Now, Isaac means laughter or one who laughs or whatever, so that's why they named him, uh, why they call him I Isaac, amen. Well, of course, God told him to do that. But we're talking about now somebody laughing, Amen in faith and not in sarcasm. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Now, 22. Last chapter for today. You didn't think we could do it, did you? Here we go. Chapter 22. Okay. We had another issue actually with Hagar again, but okay, we'll skip all that. Look at your neighbor and say, it pays to hear God. And do what he says. And do what he says. Amen, right? Don't, don't make up your own plans or it might, may not work out good. All right, verse, 20, verse 1 of chapter 22. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abram, and he said, here I am. And he said, uh, take now your son, your only son. You know, you know how God sees it? Just saying, just, just saying. Uh, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. Now, now listen, okay, everything, we're talking about different steps, different things you do. I mean, you know, you're, you, you go and you obey, you, you follow the voice, amen, you, you purpose to hear His voice and not be led by other voices, amen. Then God starts talking about things of your, of your life, about, you know, maybe letting go of this or, or changing this or adjusting this. So you, you start doing, these are all steps. Everybody say steps, okay? These are all steps, Okay, then God says, okay, I want you to start believing for something. I want you to look up. I want you to count, count the stars. So shall your descendants be. Count the sand. So shall your descendants be. What you trying to do He's trying to get take another step. Take another step. Take another step. Start believing for bigger. Start believing for something beyond yourself. Start believing for something that's beyond you. It's a step of faith. 
Start believing the fact that God is for you, not against you. Start believing the fact that there is nothing too hard for God, that there is nothing impossible for God, that all that God is and all that God has is yours. Start taking steps. And I'm not mad. But then we get into chapter 22, and it's a whole different kind of step. Now it's not about, you know, everything that God has is yours. Now he wants to know, is everything that you have mine? And there's probably a reason that's on the tail end of this thing. Come on, I want to ask you a question. Is everything you have God's? Is everything about your life? Amen. Does it, is it, I mean, if God talked to you about any part of your life, would you sit and listen and, and give heed to it? <sighs> All right. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. Whoa. Okay. And, and a lot of times you start, some people hear about this. They go, my God, what, what's God doing? Killing kids. He didn't kill no kid. He wants to know, dude, are you willing? Okay. And offer him as a burnt offering. You say burnt offering. Okay. Okay. On one of the mountains of which I tell you. So Abram rose early in the morning. Come on now. Hallelujah. Saturday. You notice he went early. What's that mean? No hesitation. He got it and did it. I think Abraham's getting it. He saddled his donkey, took two of his young men and servants there uh, with him and Isaac, his son, and he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And on the third day, you know, so it took several days to get there, still no hesitation in him. And Abram said to the young men, stay here with the donkey and the lad and I will go yonder and worship and we, we, we will come back to you. So Abram took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on, uh, on Isaac. And had Isaac carry some of the wood here. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. And Isaac spoke to Abram, his father, and said, Hey, father. Uh, uh, he said, Yeah, son. He said, uh, uh, We got fire. We got wood. Uh, we're missing the offering. So Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together, okay? He still hasn't changed his mind. The Scripture says this in Hebrews 11, that he saw his son raised from the dead. When he went, because he was already totally convinced that this is the promised child. He's going to do everything through this child. So he ain't about to take him from me. But what Abraham saw was this boy being offered up, literally saw his boy raised from the ashes. He thought... I am going to see one heck of a miracle. But he was willing to offer up what he had, the best of what he had, with no hesitation. It's pretty huge. I think Abraham's getting her down. What do you think? Now, somebody say, well, that's pretty serious. Yeah, it is serious. But, you know, does everything you have, could God talk to you about anything you have? And, help, and, and talk to you about a change or about an adjustment or about, uh, you know, walking away from this or, or free from that or, or lay this down or lay that down. Could God talk to you about stuff like that? Look at your neighbor and say, take the step. Amen. Well, you know as well as I do, he, you know, that he, he, didn't, he didn't have to kill his son. Praise the Lord. 
God's not a baby killer. Come on. Then uh, he took, they came to the place which God um, had told him, and Abram built an altar there and placed the wood in order and bound Isaac, bound Isaac, his son. He's fallen through, though. Bound Isaac and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now, you know, I don't know how old Isaac is we, at this time, but you would think once the boy figured out, oh, I'm the offering, that maybe he would kind of say, ah, old man, you're going to have to catch me. <laughs> right? Is anybody with me? But somehow or another, he had seen his dad. He knows the God that whom his dad serves. He has seen it. He knows that his dad must have heard God. I, I, there's no record here of him fighting with his dad here. So somewhere along the line, his boy also gets it. Oh, hallelujah. So what happened? Well, Abram stretched out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called to him uh, from heaven and said, Abram, Abram. So he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear, fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son. Does that sound familiar? See, what Abraham did was set the stage for God. If Abraham, the father of us all, the father of those who believe, the father of faith, our father of faith, was willing to offer up his only begotten son, amen, because of that. Now our heavenly father is, amen, come on, just as willing to offer up his only begotten son. Come on, somebody. Everybody say, praise God for Abraham. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, since now that I know that you fear God and have not withheld your only begotten son from me, uh, then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behold, uh, there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by, by the horn. So Abram went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Amen. And Abram called the place, the name of that place, the Lord will provide, or Jehovah Jireh, or Jehovah Yari, I think it might be actually pronounced, but we just use it as Jehovah Jireh, which actually means uh, Jehovah will see to it. The Lord will provide or Jehovah will see to it. Because to me, that just explains God. Amen. That's the kind of God He is, right? He's got your back. Look at your name and say, He's got your back. Amen. And, and, and it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called Abram a second, uh, a second time out of heaven. And he said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing. And have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your, uh, multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on uh, the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate. Come on. Shall take possession. Amen. Shall occupy. Shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abram returned. Amen. To his, uh, the young men down at the bottom of the mount, right? And they rose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Amen. Everybody say, take the step. Take the step. Amen. How many things is God talking to you about? Now, there's a lot of different things we talked about today, and you could be anywhere on that, uh, you know, anywhere along the, uh, that, your walk, and that, you know, maybe God's talking to you about this or talking to you about that. Um, my heart today in, in talking about Abraham is to stir in you, amen, you can trust God. You can trust God. It's worthy to trust God. It's worthy to follow when God leads, yes. amen, and not let everything else lead you. 
Amen. And I think in this hour that we're in, to me, it's, it's, it's pretty significant because right now everything's trying to get you fearful, trying to get you to panic, trying to get you to back up, trying to get you to worry. My God's got my back. Anybody else in agreement with that? Has God got your back? God's got your back. He will provide. He'll see to it, praise God. And so all I have to say to you today, and in fact, why don't you stand up, and I'll say it as you stand, is I, I'm asking that you take the step. Whatever is you, wherever you're at in your walk with God right now, whatever's going on in your life right now, whatever's happening, whatever area maybe we might have touched on here that somehow spoke to you, all I'm asking you to do is to trust God, put faith in God, take the step, amen, and honor God, amen, through your obedience unto God, amen. Follow God in these things, amen. If God's talking to you about your household, your finance, your health, your family, your business, whatever it may be, trust in God. Keep moving forward. Keep taking ground. Keep growing. And, uh, and I will say this too. You know, just like Abraham made a few mistakes along the way, we've all done that. We've all, you know, thought we heard and didn't or whatever. Listen, no condemnation, amen, you still just keep moving forward. Hear from heaven, take the right step. And if you felt like you, you made the wrong decision back there, well then just say, Lord, forgive me, all right, show me the way. What, what did I miss? What do I need to do different? And let God begin to lead you, amen. Did you get some today? Give God praise, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.